Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is June 19th, and our chapter for today is Jeremiah chapter 19. Now today I'm going to do something that I rarely do, but I think it's very important, especially in chapter 19 of Jeremiah. I'm going to read another translation besides the New King James. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, the NLT. This is what I use every day in my personal reading. I love it. It's a dynamic translation. It's not exactly word for word. If you're not familiar with a word for word translation versus a dynamic translation, this is not a paraphrase. This is actually a translation. There is not a text that I preach out of ever that I have not or do not at the time translate out of the Hebrew text if it's an Old Testament passage. If it is a New Testament passage, I translate out of the Greek text, the Koine text. I use both the ancient text and the majority text and have learned textual criticism over the years. So I meticulously, if there is an alternative reading, I look at those to see which is best. All to say, I don't take lightly the work that God's called me to, and I have been diligent over the years to do the best I can to learn the languages so I can translate right out of the original text. And many times the translations that I do, they come closer to the NLT than they do any other, including the NASB. I know that John MacArthur and many of those who go to Master's Seminary, they follow the legacy translation that Dr. MacArthur has done, and that's a wonderful translation. I appreciate that. But many times the NLT will come very close to the way that we speak today and the way that we think today in communicating truth. I need you to understand that every, every translation and every translator interprets Scripture with their translation. If someone tells you that's not the case, then they really don't know as much as they think they do about language and translation. Because many times there are several English words that could be used, and so the translator has to choose a word. That's interpretation. Because not only do words have definition, but they also have connotation. That's the baggage that comes with the word. Some words are impregnated with baggage. They have meaning in one generation that they don't in another. The reason I'm telling you this is because I really like the New Living Translation. Now, sometimes it's not the best. Just like any other version or translation that I've ever used, they don't always get it to the satisfaction that I need for clarity. And so what I want to do is I want you to read along with the King James and follow along because what I'm going to do, whatever version you're using, I'm going to read chapter 19 and I'm going to do it out of the NLT and then I'll give some commentary along the way and at the end. This is the word that I want to share with you. Chapter 19, verse 1. This is what the Lord said to me, go and buy a clay jar. Then ask some of the leaders of the people and of the priests to follow you. Now go out through the gate of broken pots 
to the garbage dump in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. I'll come back to that and give them this message. In other words, take some leaders with you and go to the valley of Guy Ben-Hinnom. That means the valley of the son of Hinnom. And say to them, listen to this message from the Lord, you kings of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, I will bring terrible disaster on this place and the ears of those who hear it will ring. For Israel has forsaken me and turned this valley into a place of wickedness. The people burn incense to foreign gods, idols never before acknowledged by this generation, by their ancestors, or by the kings of Judah. And they have filled this place with the blood of innocent children. They have built pagan shrines to Baal. There they have burned their sons as sacrifices to Baal. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. So beware, for the time is coming, says the Lord, when this garbage dump will no longer be called Tophet or the Valley of Ben-Hinnom, but the Valley of Slaughter. For I will upset the careful plans of Judah and Jerusalem. I will allow the people to be slaughtered by the invading armies, and I will leave their dead bodies as food for the vulture and wild animals. I will reduce Jerusalem to ruins, making it a monument to their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will gasp at the destruction they see there. I will see to it that your enemies lay siege to the city until all the food is gone. Then those trapped inside will eat their own sons and daughters and friends. They will be driven to utter despair. As these men watch you, Jeremiah, smash the jar that you brought, then say to them, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. As this jar lies shattered, so I will shatter the people of Judah and Jerusalem beyond all hope of repair. They will bury the bodies here in Tophet, the garbage dump, until there is no more room for them. This is what I will do to this place and its people, says the Lord. I will cause this city to become defiled like Tophet. Yes, all the houses in Jerusalem, including the palace of Judah's kings, will become like Tophet. All the houses where you burned incense on the rooftops to your star gods and where liquid offerings were poured out to your idols. Then Jeremiah returned to Tophet, the garbage dump, where he had delivered this message. And he stopped in front of the temple of the Lord, and he said to the people there, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I will bring disaster upon this city and its surrounding towns, as I promise, because you have stubbornly refused to listen to me. Now, why did I read that to you? Because it talked about Tophet, it talked about the valley of the son of Hinnom as a garbage dump. Now, why would this be? If you'll recall, this is where Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, burned his own children's to part of the Baalim. Now, the Baal, or Baal as we call it, is a series of gods. It's just not one god. It was a whole family of gods, Molech and Chemosh, depending upon what country you were from. But these were idols. They were usually figures of some kind of animal, some kind of bird or four-footed creature, and they would have the head of a man many times, or vice versa. They would have the body of a man and the head of an animal. 
They would have outstretched arms, and Manasseh burned his own children as sacrifices. It became a valley of slaughter, and no one ever wanted to build there. No one ever wanted to live there because of the hideousness of the sins that were committed there. This valley, which was the dividing line really between the tribe of Judah to the south and the tribe of Benjamin to the north, just outside the city gates of Ir David, of the city of David, this became the valley of slaughter, the valley of blood, the valley that no one wanted to live in, so it became a garbage dump. It was a natural dumping grounds because it was at the sloping southern end of the Tyropian Valley, the Cheesemakers Valley, the Central Valley that it's called, and the Eastern Valley, the Valley of Jehoshaphat, called Kidron in the New Testament. And so this southern valley was called Gai ben Hinnom, Gai Valley, the son of Hinnom. Ben means son of Hinnom. And that was brought right over into the New Testament. Now, the Greeks, when they said Guy ben Hinnom, it came out Gahinon, Gehenna. And Jesus referred to this as the garbage dump of the universe. He referred to it as hell. And the reason was is because during the days of Jesus, remember, nobody lived there, so it became a garbage dump. And in one end of that valley, they would have what we would call slop or garbage. And they would dump everything there that they didn't eat, all the rinds, all of the peelings, all of the things that no one would eat. And the flies would blow that, and the larvae would be maggots, and maggots were seething in and out of that garbage all the time. Anybody that's ever been around an old toilet or anything back in days gone by that do not exist anymore in America, they would know of how this happens, this maggot seething in and out. It's just a waste. It stinks. It's awful. No one wanted to live there. No one wanted to be around it. In the other end of the valley of Gai ben Hinnom, this valley called Gehenna, was what we would call dry trash. And that trash in the hot searing sun of the Middle East would spontaneously combust. And so there was a fire that was continually burning 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so uh, you had fire and smoke in one side of the valley, the upper side and the lower side was a maggot-filled garbage dump. And when Jesus wanted to talk about hell, he said, hell is like Gehenna. It is a place where the worm does not die and the fire never is quenched. And he used that as a metaphor and as an analogy for hell. What is hell? Hell is the garbage dump of the universe. It's the place where wasted lives go. It is a place where people who have ruined lives, who have rejected the overtures of mercy and grace of God, will spend eternity. It is a place where the worm never dies. It's a place where the fire is not quenched. It's a place where nobody wants to go, no one wants to live, but it's a place of judgment. And God doesn't want to send anybody to hell. A man goes by his own choice in rejecting the only way of salvation. The only way out, the only way of goodness and godliness. Hell is more horrible than the sentence or syllable could ever describe. But all the wonders of the other side of heaven. Heaven is going to be more than we could ever think, more than we could ever dream. It's going to be so beautiful, so blissful, so wonderful. 
It's just beyond any of those of us who have been saved by the marvelous grace of God to even contemplate someone rejecting the mercy and the grace of God and choosing to go to hell. You see, if you don't choose to follow Jesus, you are choosing against him. Jesus said that. He said, if you're not with me, you're against me. If you're not gathering with me, you're scattering abroad. You see, we don't make the rules. God does. We are like those vessels that were marred in the hands of the potter when we go our own way. And that's not God's plan for us. God wants the best for us. God wants us to love him, to follow him. His ways are best. But we are so stubborn. We are so stupid. We continue to go our own way and do our own thing. And we think that we're right, but we're wrong. Only God in his mercy can save us and cleanse us from our sins. And people are going along trying to find their own way to heaven, their own way for forgiveness, their own way to do it. Because you see, sin and selfishness is bound in the human heart. This is why we don't need to follow our hearts. This is why we need to be careful when we say, well, if I know my heart, let me stop you. You don't. The Bible says the heart is deceitful and wicked. Who can know it? That's talking about you and that's talking about me. How can we know the depths of the wickedness of our heart? Only God knows it. And God knows that if we're left to our own devices, we will not only ruin our lives and waste our lives here, but we will choose to spend eternity in the blackness and the heat of hell. And if any of your friends are there, you will never know it. You'll never see them. And you would wish that they would not. The only glimpse into hell that we really have is in the Gospel of Luke chapter 16, where the rich man and Lazarus are compared to each other, one in place of torment, the other in a place of paradise. And the man who was in torment wanted nothing to do with anybody he knew and loved and cared for to come to that place. No, it's not a place where you want to go. It's like Jeremiah in the valley of Tophet. It's like Jeremiah in the valley of the son of Hinnom. It is like Jeremiah in Gehenna. It's the garbage dump of the universe. That place was the garbage dump of the city of Jerusalem, and no one wanted to live there. No one wanted to go there. But God said, this is what you're becoming is a garbage dump. And because you've chosen garbage over my word and my way, then this is where it will lead you to, to death, destruction, damnation. We need to be very clear in what the Bible says, the wages of sin is separation. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Turn to him with everything that's within you. He is the only way of salvation. And if you're a child of God, as I am, and we love the Lord and serve the Lord, when we go astray, Let's run back to him as quickly as we can, turn from our own wickedness, and return to the joy of walking in the goodness and the light of God's grace, mercy, and in the light of his word. For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast.
That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.